0: Score North and scorenorth.com. Welcome in to our Friday Feedback Friday live stream on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. Click like, click subscribe, please, to help us continue to grow this amazing community. Uh, A couple notes before we get into the feedback questions, but you can always submit via the feedback tab in the Score North app and also via the YouTube comment section we're collecting throughout the week and get to as many as we can here on these Fridays. Um, We have a live watch party and a live Vikings vent line scheduled for next Sunday, October 1st. Not this Sunday. Next Sunday, October 1st. Minnesota, Carolina. Um, Judd, you got more details for us? I'll let you say. I'll fill in any cracks here, but you go ahead and... uh you got your absolutely. park tavern hat on today, so I'm... Absol-
1: I absolutely do, and uh, yes, we, so it, the game starts at noon, but um, as always, we hope it's going to fill up fast. Uh, doors open at 8 a.m. They're serving breakfast from 8 to 11. After yeah. that, it it uh, turns to the afternoon lunch menu, but we'll include, of course, appetizers, plenty of great beers, craft beers, drinks, and um, the, the 11th frame is where we're going to be, but For those of you who attended the draft party, you do recall that there is also a patio there with TVs on the patio. They're plentiful. Hopefully, October 1st will be a gorgeous day. So there will be room. Uh, But yes, it's going to go, uh, it's going to morph from a watch party to a live vent line. It's going to be a fantastic Mm -hmm. time. Park Tavern is uh, a great spot, plenty of parking and plenty of fun.
0: Yes, we'd we'll be serving hot takes for dessert once the game is over. Oh, we'll be serving hot takes in the morning, lunch,
1: all all day. No, but if you want hot takes for breakfast, guess what? (laughs) Flapjacks and hot takes are coming your
0: way. (laughs) So yeah, we're we're looking forward as we've done. We did a couple of these last year. We do the the live draft party anytime we get to go out and meet as many of you as possible. We love it. So if you have uh, an open window on Sunday, October first, we'd love to watch the game with you at Park Tavern and then we'd love for you to participate in Vikings Ventline. Line. Also, a shout-out to our friends at TCL, which has award-winning TVs for any budget, any space, all with stunning picture quality. And TCL makes more than just TVs. They offer mobile products, audio devices, and home appliances. TCL brings you joy and simplicity through innovative technology. You can learn more at TCL.com. Are you guys ready for a little feedback Friday here? Do it. Let's get it here. Do all it. right. Kirk Tally, Kirk Tally says... Are KOC and quasi on the same page? Was KOC that ignorant of the offensive line and running back situation going into the season? What do you think? Do you think these guys are on the same page? Well, of course, they will
1: say that, that they are, that they work, you know, as a duo, in tandem, everything's in sync. I think this is a great question, and my, my inclination is no. My inclination is no, they're not. Um, I think we've seen enough things that, because here's the thing with Quazy, we sort of know how he operates, but we but you know he doesn't talk uh publicly that much, and so we're sort of guessing on some things with Quazy. I feel like we know because he talks a lot publicly way more about O'Connell, and I feel like some things were done that O'Connell didn't necessarily like it seems odd that he he would have signed off on, right yeah, um not to have a little bit more of a backup for the interior offensive line seems odd. I could see going into training camp and saying, "You know what we think, Dalvin's gone, but we think Madison's going to be our our guy. He's the top guy, but we're also, you know, Ty Chandler. And at that time, going into training camp, Wong-Wu, right? And so, and perhaps Dwayne McBride. But are you telling me halfway through camp that KOC said this running back is wor- this working out perfect? Wangwu wasn't practicing." Chandler, again, he had the really good game in game one of the preseason against Seattle. But if you remember, KOC's comments were pretty pointed about he needs to do that. He needs to do that more often than when the lights go on. And I know that KOC backed off when asked about that, but that was a pointed comment. Um, Madison, I don't think anyone in their right mind thought that he was going to morph into Dalvin Cook in his prime. So are you telling me halfway through camp when Kareem Hunt came in, by the way, somebody brought Kareem Hunt in? Yeah, You're telling me that they were uh, totally confident. Same thing, early in training camp, Dalton Reisner comes in almost immediately. So somebody sort of sounded the bells and whistles and the alarm there, right? So, no, I personally think what's, what's happening out there dictates to me that the coach and GM aren't necessarily on the same page and might just, in fact, operate in very different ways. Of course, I'll probably take the KOC way because I'm assuming – That because he knows more about football, and also I trust him more because I've heard him speak more, that um, I think that there might be some friction there. I think that's a
2: great point. I loved the uh, vent line collar we had on after the Eagles game, Corey, the guy who looked like he also potentially played offensive tackle. Corey from Um, Iowa, yeah. I'm actually looking at the vent line clip right now with his – I don't know if I can even call it a medium shirt. I think those muscles are just – he's just a gigantic human being. Um, but he brought up the point that you, you you need a guy who knows football players and that Quasey if you want someone to manage you know, your budget and manage your manage your analytics and all that stuff great i think Quasey fits that role but i think he might be onto something that is a little bit in over his head as terms of being the general manager and also using i have just massive pause with Ryan Grigson when Ryan Grigson's your right hand man and i'm for giving people second chances too but I have more questions, I think, at the top with the leadership than I do with Kevin O'Connell for sure.
0: Uh, speaking of Grigson, did you guys see on Thursday Night Football, General
2: Andrew Luck showed up in his Civil War outfit. And God bless him. Captain <laughs> Andrew Luck tweeted this morning. Captain too. Andrew Luck, did he? Uh, yes, he did. I'll find it. But yes, Captain <laughs> Andrew Luck did tweet this morning. He there sits
0: down. He sits down and uh, like Chrisa Thompson says, uh, Andrew Luck, how are you doing? He goes, I'm I'm doing. I'm doing well um, the, war,
3: the war is over the war is over
0: <laughs> that
1: was that was so good
0: so okay, so Matthew Dowdell or Dodell has a theory on what may be happening with quasi k o c is there is there are they on the same page are they not and Matthew's theory is he has a conspiracy theory oh. he says they they intentionally did not address the offensive and defensive lines. Knowing that regression was coming anyways, this is part of Quay's master plan to tank on the down low. Not saying this roster is bad enough to get the top pick, but being closer to the top makes it easier to trade up and get a guy that you deem worthy. Do you think this is a quiet master tank plan. by Quay? Is Quasi? Kwesi- we're sitting here saying, does he know, is he playing checkers? Yeah, is he playing chess? Is he playing high level chess and we're all just kind of missing it? No, because
1: here, here's why I don't think that this is w- what would be an absolutely genius play, a rope-a-dope move of epic proportions. But this team also lost seven fumbles in two games, which is, as, as you've said, Phil, not sustainable. And if you don't lose seven fumbles in two games, you have a win or two. So, no, I don't think that this is – the team is not bad enough – Like like he would have needed to strip it down more. It has too many decent components. And I don't think that you can do anything called a tank when your skill positions on offense are Kirk cousins, Justin Jefferson, Jordan Addison, TJ Hawkinson. So I love the thought process, but I don't see if, if that's the game quasi is playing, he should have consulted me because he's playing it wrong.
0: Well, I think chipper nailed it yesterday. Uh, you you bring chip in for purple access and uh, you can find him like, every other week. Got called up yesterday oh, to yeah. the big show and, league. and that's
1: just right. kicked ass. <laughs> right.
0: So he, he said Quasi was doing his Christmas shopping at 5. PM on Christmas Eve. Great line. Right? And that's kind of what it feels like. You know, everyone was kind of, so they're going to say goodbye to Dalvin cook, which is the right move, but are we sure about their running back situation? Are we sure we want to run, bring 10 offensive line, back to the same room. And everyone's been saying this since February of, you know the beginning part of 2023. Yeah, yeah. You know you might want to. Yeah, you listen. That Christmas uh, list is going to be sold out. You know you got to be careful if you don't start shopping early. At least go on Amazon or something. And uh, it just feels weird that they're now just. Oh God, we got to get an offensive lineman in here. Oh man, we need to get a right. starting caliber running back in here to push Alex Madison. Right? It's kind of kind of bizarre. I don't right. think it's a. It's. A, I don't think he's tanking on the down though. I think they just overestimated a couple of their position groups.
1: Right, but that's but to go back to the first question, this is what makes it intriguing is, did they or did one of them? Because it feels like okay, somebody sounded an alarm in that building and training camp on the two positions that they're now trying to fill, right? Yeah. Like like when you almost immediately bring Dalton Reisner in, somebody said, are we really sure about this? Are we really, really sure? And then Kareem Hunt. And, and I think the reason why they expedited that trade for Aker so quickly this week was because of the fact that if they were going to assume the cream hunt was still going to be an option, he was signed, I think earlier that day by Cleveland, right? Yeah. So like somebody in that building is sounding an alarm that they, that some, that somebody with key decision making power did, did not heed at all until now.
0: Yeah. I it's, and also like, I know cam Aker's has put up some good numbers in the past, but, 22 carries, 29 yards so far this year, and a really smart coach that obviously KOC has worked with just said, we're good. We're good. We'll just pretty much give him away for nothing. So are you really finding solutions? It all feels, rightfully so, a little bit desperate. We'll see how it pans out. Uh, Robbie B says, if we're going to talk about Ed Ingram being unplayable and uh, any conversations about pros and cons about switching to Reisner potentially negatively affecting the run game, That's laughable. So what he's saying is we've been looking at Reisner's sort of PFF profile and his four years in Denver and saying he's much better as a pass protector than a run blocker. And so I literally just watched an entire episode, Robbie says, about how garbage the run game is and an Alex Boone episode about how Ed Ingram is roaming around aimlessly into the secondary. And then the conversation finishes with, are we sure Reisner is going to be the right upgrade? Let's shoot for five playable offensive linemen and then worry about the advanced analytics later. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm there too. Yeah. I think I think you can say two things. Number one, Reisner is almost certainly better than Ed Ingram if given a week or two to sort of soak in the playbook. And also, he probably doesn't overnight solve your running game by himself based on his history. But mm-hmm. the first part is more important than the second part. That just get a better offensive lineman in there and take the weak link out, right?
1: And it, it's fair to ask both questions, right? Or it, it, it's fair to state we think he, that Reisner is going to be an upgrade in the overall big picture of the offensive line, but then say that his history does not show that he is great at run blocking. Like it's, this is not black and white, it is gray. And you are now going, you're basically going to get a street free agent who you think is an upgrade, which is, which uh, speaks volumes again about a guy that you took in what? The second round of the draft if it indeed is ingram who's going to pay the price because until we actually see him at right card it very well could be ezra cleveland so yeah um but i am all for here's my biggest starting point period i am all for because there are so many good defensive tackles now whatever is not going to get your quarterback hit in the ribs on a continual basis
0: There you go. How about that? Can we put that on a shirt? Does that fit on a
1: shirt? I am all for for not getting
0: the quarterback killed (laughs) headline,
1: and not hearing him say, "Ah,
0: (laughs) oh, (sighs) I'm hurt. I'm not paying attention (sighs) to anybody. I'm hurt." All right, Reed Gerber here chimes in. He says, "Hey, everyone. I know how much we love to do rankings on this show, so I thought it would be fun to do a ranking myself." I have ranked all of the purple daily personalities and contributors oh, starting boy. at number one. Oh, boy. Nice. This is his own biased rankings, he says. But you know right? what? Let's hear him. Okay. Number one, Judd fulfills the role of sports dad perfectly. Just the right amount of sour and realistic. Well, Judd is you. his
2: favorite. His favorite. I want, uh, that's want That's need a t-shirt for Judd. Sour and realistic. You're sorry. I mean, that, that's what we need perfect yeah, sour but realistic okay that's very number nice.
0: two he's got the rhino alex boone number two expert knowledge and film breakdowns great energy just the right amount of curse words to keep declan on his toes That's <laughs> true
2: it's
0: very true we've decided we're not going to put these not- episodes on the radio anymore so we're not bound by the fcc uh language you know barriers that we would otherwise be uh number three jesse pierce from the before i die podcast on purple daily Wow. Provided a unique perspective and breakdown, great sense of humor, and just all-around fun to listen to. And Judd's Hockey listens, Show. Yeah. You can find her on yep, Judd's right? Hockey Show. Yep. Great
1: thanks.
0: All right, number four, Phil M. That would be me. I'm Phil M. Oh,
1: do we have two Phils?
0: Perfect mix of football knowledge and analytics. Has some great one-liners. <laughs> That's good. And just a uh, perfect mix of cynical and positive, not afraid to stir things up. Number five, Tyler Fornis from the uh, Purple Daily on Draft podcast and Purple Access. College knowledge is incredible and gives his takes unapologetically, stands by his calls. Mad respect. Number six, Declan, one of my favorites, but as the producer, we don't hear his takes enough. So Mm. if we can get Declan's takes a little more, then you might be able to climb higher up on that. Do you have a take right now?
2: No, I do not, actually.
0: Okay. Keep working on it, and if you have, if you have one, well, we can move He's also
1: working up. though. To, like the, I'll I'll defend Dex here. He he's doing stuff as well to produce the show. So like there are times he's actually tied up and can't just be like also hosting the show or, or spewing hot takes.
2: I, I'm the I'm the quality control coach. I'm that guy mm-hmm. who's trying to bring in Sean McVay from running on the sidelines. Like For I got Phil, my hands filled yeah. You know, I, got, I my <laughs> hands are filled right now. I I got no. so many I got so many balls in the court.
0: Yeah, Declan, so Declan, he runs production. He runs social media. He's grabbing clips from the show and track marking and making sure everything gets distributed and stuff. So that's why he's not, uh, that's why he doesn't talk as much. Some people wonder, why doesn't the guy on the left talk as much? Because right. he's, he's handling all the infrastructure of the show. Number seven, Doogie, scoop, scoop, scoops. Number eight, Chip Scoggins, kind of feels like an old head, but brings a unique perspective. <laughs> wow. <laughs> An old and, head, and then he's got ross number nine he loves ross but he has ross number nine so you know he had pretty much good things to say about all of that's us fair, here. Yeah, that's, that's very nice appreciate that that's very nice yeah so reed thank you if anyone else has rankings that you'd like to submit we will probably read them on feedback friday here uh ryan keel says this season has the same feel as the tank for trevor season from a few years ago a generational talent at the top of the draft but here the vikings are again in the middle ground if they start one and five again or whatever it is, I hope they just accept it and not fight and claw back to eight wins and torture us again with mediocrity.
1: That's what they do, though. That's what they do. Um, but aside from what the Wills have, since they bought the team in 2005, the Vikings have had one just train wreck year, right? Uh, Less is, I guess it was his third to last year, uh, 2011. But anyway. Yeah. They, they don't do that. Like, they just don't. And and it drives me crazy at times. But until the Vikings actually just tear it down and say, okay, we're going to be bad for a year or two years, I, I will, as long as the wills on this team, I will never believe that they are going to make that commitment. When they traded in Gakway back in 2020 off to that bad start at the deadline, I thought, okay, here we go for the first time, right? And that was the trade. That was it. And it, that was more because he was a terrible fit here. So um, I, I know what the person's saying. I don't disagree with it. But I've sort of grown to this acceptance of, I don't think we're going to see that, man. I don't think anyone. And they're going to rebound enough to, yes, be in the middle of the pack. They might not be good, but they won't be terrible.
0: Yeah, it's very likely they rebound from the 0-2 start to be competitive. The only way that they wouldn't is if they trade Kirk Cousins. And I know the it's funny, the national media, I saw more stuff this week, too. The national media remains all over this. They're trying to will Kirk Cousins to the Jets. So to me, that would be the only way is if you replace Kirk Cousins and Nick Mullins stepped in. They, yeah. and, and Nick Mullins is capable, but he's not as good on any level as Kirk Cousins is.
1: Yeah, so, they're not, and they're not doing that.
0: Okay, along these lines, Southern Exile chimes in and says, if you could press the blow it up and draft an elite quarterback button or sweepstakes... When do you do it? Is it 0-3, 0-4, 0-5? Do you think there's a point where Kwasi pushes the button? And to me, So to me, the button would be trade Cousins, trade Hunter.
1: Two oh, expiring
0: yes. contracts, right? Even though the NFC North is hot garbage, do we really want to pursue being the dumpster with the least amount of fire when the playoffs roll around? In my opinion, 0-4 is the point of no return when we would hit that button. I'd be tempted to if we lost this weekend. So...
1: Boy, no, you know what, at
4: 0-3,
1: maybe, maybe, I don't think that they would. Um, here's your problem, though, you guys. I'll go back to what I said before. So, like, if if you were to take that question realistically and say, you know, when do you press the button? I press it in Kwesi and Kevin's first season. I dump Thielen, I dump Kendricks, I dump Cook. I could probably get something for them in trades at the time. All of them, right? Mm-hmm. Um I would have tanked last year or tanked I would have I would have stripped it down tank is such an ugly word that I love but how about this I would have stripped it down to the studs last year but I I'll ask this again do you really think with the skill positions that this team currently has and and keep in mind you traded and he's good but Hawkinson came at the deadline last year Addison came in the first round this year you look at those skill position guys um And I guess my question is this. Okay, if you get Kirk to waive his no trade, yeah, that that could work. And Daniil, same thing. Um, But I don't think the temptation's there. So, like, what Judd would do and what the Vikings will do are very, very different things. And I'm trying to sort of weigh them both. And I don't think the Vikings have any interest in doing what the national press wants, in part because they want the Jets to be as relevant as possible.
0: I just want to be clear and, and you know, people submit whatever questions you want and we will read them on the show. But I just want to be clear about something because I think the three of us agree on this. And if someone disagrees, please stand up. They are not going to get the number one pick based off win loss record. There is no way the Vikings finish unless there's a crazy run of injuries here yeah. that I don't even want to speak into existence. There is no way the Vikings finish with a worse record than the Cardinals I would even say the Bears look like the the Bears Ugh. they're playing against the Kansas City Chiefs this weekend after their defensive coordinator may or may not have had his house and office raided by the FBI Justin Fields is still a train wreck right there's like 3 or 4 teams that are just 100% going to be drafting in the top 5 and the Vikings are highly unlikely to be anywhere near that bad so as we talk about should they tank or strip it down It's less about Caleb. Caleb Williams is not going to be a Viking unless some special trade happens. And it happened last year. The Panthers wound up trading a bunch of, you know, they traded a, a wide receiver and a bunch of draft picks to get up there. So if the Colts finish with the number one pick and they love Anthony Richardson, but they're open for business, maybe it opens a door. So to me, it's about, can you, does it make sense to get draft capital that would help you move up for like the third quarterback off the board? Do you like the non Caleb Williams quarterbacks enough that you would move up to like nine from 16 or something? It is right. not about Caleb Williams for the Vikings right now. Right. There's right. there's almost no way. Well, and
1: to build off that, the cousins talkers fun. like it, it's fun. Reckless speculation is awesome. I will never yeah. criticize anyone for recklessly speculating but understand this. ESPN and other national outlets are talking about the Jets because, as I said before, they want the Jets to be fun. Like The promise was Aaron Rodgers is going to the Jets and we can focus on a New York team that's not a dumpster fire in football, which is great. But it has nothing to do... The the national media is not ever thinking about the fact that at 0-2, the Vikings, especially in the Vikings' mind, they are not a dumpster fire. They're off to a bad start and they're playing terrible, but they're not. But but what, you know, Mike Greenberg, friend of the show, and what the national outlets are saying is we so desperately want the Jets to be good because that was going to be fun as a talker for us. How can we find a way? And the Vikings right now make sense. If the Vikings beat the Chargers, they'll pivot somewhere else. So this really the reality is this. It has nothing to do with them saying, how can the Vikings be bad to help the Vikings? It has to do with them saying, how can we get Kirk to New York? Because that would be fun for us.
0: You know, you know, it's, it's very selfish. I the, get. the Jets conversation is right now. Let's say the Vikings and the Jets are playing each other on a neutral field tomorrow. I think the Vikings would win that. <laughs> I know the Jets have a better defense, but and the Jets have good weapons, but the gap between Cousins and Zach Wilson, which is which is why the national media wants right. the Jets to trade for Kirk Cousins, but if you're talking about the current team as constructed right now, the Vikings are better than the Jets, even though the Vikings are 0-2. So yeah, the should, one, yeah. but so then it's like, okay, what can each team add to be even better and make a push forward? Then you'd say, well, maybe the Vikings could add an elite interior defensive lineman from a team that's not going to go far. Like, we could have that conversation at some point, too. Maybe we will. Where maybe they maybe they go on a run. They beat the Chargers, they beat the Panthers, and they pull off an upset against the Chiefs. Are we then having a conversation about, are there any defensive linemen out there? Are there any are there any offensive yeah. linemen out there? Is yeah. there a center somewhere that's got an expiring contract? Yep. And
1: don't don't forget too there is a fighting chance that the Vikings will be facing Andy Dalton on October 1st.
0: <laughs> yeah. Which so, might I mean, which might actually be worse for you. Like I think Andy Dalton right now is better than Bryce Young right now. Bryce Young like, is, is not good yet.
1: Yeah, I do like the fact that Dalton would have to stand in the pocket though a little bit, because then I'm going to send good old 99 after him. Every chance I get.
0: Didn't Andy Dalton play pretty well against the Vikings when he was with the, was no. it the saints last year?
1: Yeah. A uh, bear. Did. The, the bear. No, uh, he played pretty well against them when he was, I think he beat him with the Cowboys, right? at US bank yes. stadium a couple of years ago. I mean, he's about, he is now, he is an immaculate grid football darling. Now
0: he <laughs> is. Yeah. The Vikings were on the grid yesterday on the football immaculate grid oh i didn't look at it darn it sometimes i'll play that but it's like unless you know who the guards are it's like you it's hard to do it with just the skill position players you really got to know your trenches and your defense uh hey before we uh keep going here we also have a random viking of the week let's shout out a couple of friends here our friends at livia helping purple daily listeners change their lives over the past couple years
1: yeah, you know what, if, if you are right now contemplating trying to drop weight, and you look at the screen right now, if you are watching us on the YouTube channel, and you're like the guy on the left and the guy on the right, they do not look look like the same person. I am here to tell you that they are the sports dad down 40 pounds with a program that I could tell you right now, I guarantee it works. And if you don't believe sports dad, believe this, this has been Voted the best weight loss program in the state of Minnesota. Three years running. Three consecutive years. And right now, there is a fantastic offer on the table. You talk about offers. You talk about contracts. You talk about good deals. Three months for free. That's right. If you join now, three months for free, and you're just starting then a weight loss journey and in three months you're going to drop weight but you're starting a, a weight loss journey that is also going to continue that to help you maintain that weight loss as well eight five five go l-i-v-e-a livia L I V E A com.
2: check them out
0: boom hey how are we doing on underdog here so far how uh someone sent us a slip i think uh via email this morning i saw
2: yeah we got actually a good amount of underdog slips those are the preseason ones i'm gonna roll the actual ones here we go Got some great slips that came through. Okay, a $50 slip here with a nice little McCaffrey parlay. There was a Joe know. Burrow parlay, a Couple another $100 slip here. A lot of great gimmies from underdog fantasy. In fact, in-game, they will. Get, I, I took one last week that hit against the Eagles. They said, uh, okay, can Kirk Cousins basically get 50 yards between now and the end of the half? You're damn right he can. Uh, they'll give you gimmies in underdog fantasy. And when you join with promo code SCORE... S-K-O-R, they'll match your first deposit up to 100 bucks. If you have joined Underdog Fantasy, send us those slips. And if you're looking to join, join right now. Promo code SCORE, S-K-O-R, they'll give you a $100 match. Ooh. Go download the Underdog Fantasy app. Let's go. And then uh, let's go to UglyDeck.com
0: here, too. So the, the best part about Ugly Deck is you can save a lot of money with their do-it-yourself. It's a DIY kit, basically, a uh, framework to help you be a master uh, of your own deck.
1: It's a position coach. And look at that, that from an ugly deck to a deck that is gorgeous. In fact, right now our friends at UglyDeck.com are offering a reserve. My deck package now special for the DIY homeowner who wants to build a deck in the spring and save huge bucks for a, a, limited time and customers who reserve their deck package now uglydeck.com is offering up to $1,000 that's right off a full deck package plus locked in 2023 pricing uglydeck.com will then deliver your deck package to your driveway by May 1st of next year and you'll be the smartest DIYer on the block saving as much as get this ladies and gentlemen $10,000 on your deck build remember with uglydeck you get, uh, you get free plans, a free coach, access to their online deck build academy, and they will install your footings and ledger. You do the rest and you save. Go to UglyDeck.com today. Click on the Reserve My Deck Package Now button. Again, save up to $10,000 and have yourself a beautiful deck next spring.
0: This is Tom Bernard. Can't get enough of sports talk with Phil Mackie and Judd Zolgad? Tune in to the new Tom Bernard Show podcast Monday through Friday as Phil and Judd join me to discuss the latest sports headlines and whatever else comes to mind. Just download the Tom Bernard Show app wherever you get your podcasts or visit TomBernardShow.com. It's another way to get more from me and Judd talking sports and having fun with Tom, and it's all at your fingertips. Download the Tom Bernard Show app now and join the conversation. Let's keep it rocking here on this Feedback Friday, live on the Purple Daily YouTube channel. We're, we're live on Fridays around 10 a.m. Central Time. We're live the day after Vikings games at 9 a.m central time and then we're live obviously right after vikings games for vikings vent line the place to be for uh, for vikings therapy for vikings celebration it's kind of up to them whether they win or lose justin baker says after watching the dolphins offense and how imaginative it has been to get receivers open so quickly for quick strikes down the field i couldn't help but wonder if koc should be emulating mcdaniel's offense rather than shanahan's they both have some similar principles yes. in that they like to run heavier. The Dolphins love to run a, like two running backs or a fullback, um, heavier personnel packages. Think about it. Miami has been carving up two good defenses with quick passes, in large part to protect Tua, and it's working. They also run more outside zone run plays, which is what this offensive line is built for. They have you know better blocking tackles than guards. It just seems to me that the Vikings are more suited for how Miami plays A speedy track meet, rather than San Francisco's power run game. So I looked this up in terms of like the quick hitting passes. Tua has the quickest time to throw in the NFL. Like the it's the shortest time in the pocket to throw, but that's by design. He's getting the ball out quicker than any quarterback in the NFL. Now Cousins is tenth quickest, but there's about a half second difference between Tua getting the ball out and Cousins. Mm
3: -hmm.
0: So that's that's an interesting point here by Justin Baker the uh, the emailer.
3: I think I love the Dolphins
0: thought.
2: also run the mo- Dolphins and the Niners like run the most motion in their offenses in the NFL which also causes like insane confusion of which what once you run motion you obviously kind of know if you're in man or zone and I know both those offenses end up doing that a ton which causes even more confusion to the defense.
1: I love the thought too of um of getting guys in different places to do exactly that. I I wonder if we're going to start to see that. You know um I feel like the I feel like the Vikings among their biggest uh, mistakes thought process wise and it this is especially true in week 1 against Tampa Bay is that they think CJ Ham is is the, the use check kid in San Francisco and that guy is really good like he is great at, at what he, he does mm-hmm. CJ Ham is a serviceable player but I feel like some of the chess pieces that the Vikings are trying to use in ways that Shanahan does aren't necessarily great programmatic fits. And so, yes, I like this idea of trying – it's not just that Kirk could get rid of the ball quicker. I, I like the idea of causing defenses to have to identify what the Vikings are going to do with their best players and create that confusion pre-snap. So I, I agree I agree with that point, Um, but I do agree, Phil, with your point too, which is if you look at this – Shanahan and McDaniel actually do a lot of the same things. They do it in slightly different ways. The um, the wrapping paper is different. The end result is probably pretty much the same.
0: Yep. You know, when uh, when Mike McDaniel got hired, I kind of thought, because he was kind of the goofy coordinator guy, you know, he's he's like a nerdy little mad scientist looking one-liner guy at his press conferences, I thought... Boy, I don't know that you can put him in front of a room of fifty-three grown men, and can he run a franchise, or is he a great mad scientist coordinator guy? And I mean, we're only a year and a half in here, but he, it looks like he has the locker room and the respect, and he's been able to walk that line of having that kind of goofy personality, but also being able to get everyone on the same page. So it's—I I was. Very skeptical of that, and obviously the Dolphins have hit on something at least for the first two years. Who knows what it looks like in three years or five years,
3: because mm-hmm.
0: you never know. Uh, Joseph Cheek says, semi-hot take here. The Vikings have made a massive mistake hiring Kevin O'Connell. They did the typical thing of hire the coordinator on the Super Bowl winning team. The head coach of the Vikings right now should be Eric Bienemy. He leaves the Chiefs, and they look pedestrian on offense. And the Commanders are humming with Sam Howell. Damn right. Well, first of all, that is not a semi-hot take.
1: That's a hot take. That is a hot take. That calls for the siren. That calls. That's a yeah. A semi-hot take might. We do be... have a sounder
0: for this. Actually, this might be a copyright violation. But we'll see. Yeah, we'll probably, we'll probably just stop that. So. <laughs> So uh, that is a
1: hot take. Um, in my opinion, it is far too early to say that. Like, are there some things going on? I question. Absolutely. Um, have I seen things from O'Connell that lead me to believe that, that he was McVay's water boy, you know, Hey, I'll just go. Around. No, I, I think he's good. I think yeah. he knows there, there is an, un, unless he is bamboozling me beyond belief, which would be very impressive. Um, I don't look at him and say uh, potential fraud. I do not.
0: Yeah, I think also are we just overreacting to the first two games of the season with this take? So the Commanders are 2 and 0 and the Vikings are 0 and 2. And the Commanders offense looks a little bit better than people thought, right? Like is is the first two games of the season enough to say, "Oh, it was a mistake to hire. Forget about the 13 wins last year and the fourth quarter comebacks yeah. and everything. It was a mistake." And Eric Bieniemy Let's yeah. give bien a full season to call plays and run an offense. And and I, I do think he deserves a head coaching job. But I also believe that... And, I mean, hell, you, you covered him when he was the Vikings running back coach. He's an abrasive guy. Like, he... And he... There was a couple run-ins during training camp this year with the commanders. And Kevin O'Connell is kind of the opposite. He looks to... I wouldn't say avoid conflict, but he brings people together in a much different way. They're very different styles. Maybe they both wind up being successful. I don't think you can say after two weeks of, unless you were saying it last year, if you were saying, despite the 13 wins, Kevin O'Connell is a bad coach and it was a mistake, then, okay, at least you're sticking to your guns.
1: I am far more concerned about Kwesi Adolfo than O'Connell right now.
0: I I have a lot more questions there. A lot of people feel that way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Paul P says, I'm not too sure about this competitive rebuild. Right now, it seems like neither. Even if they traded places, I'm sorry, if they traded pieces and blew it up, could we just trust, could we trust Kwesi to make good draft picks? Well, I realize draft capital has gone um, to the offensive line. It still doesn't match up. Our defensive line is the same. We get pushed around. Uh, Sleepless in Seattle, Paul P here. Yeah, it doesn't feel like a competitive rebuild. It feels like they're trying to win, and they haven't so far this year. Well, I mean, and what does that mean exactly? Like, like
1: it's it sort of, if, if you break those two words down, they don't really make sense together. So you're trying to be, so you're comp- competitive rebuild. Um, I think it's sort of a terminology phrase that, that, yeah. that you can glum onto. But like, what does that mean? And yes, I, I don't think there is such a thing probably as a competitive re- rebuild because rebuild in itself is, tearing it down um yeah. but I, I also think j- just to go back to one thing i don't think that's getting harped on enough here like because we can be like okay lc's off to a bad start and blah 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 and that's not wrong but one thing that i think is not being pointed out enough and it's a it's a major issue if you're a vikings fan just to sort of get your head around this team and i, I started talking about this um er- earlier in the week declan just said it himself and he's right you know How's this team running? Like, who's making decisions? Is Ryan Grigson actually your football guy? Like, is Quasi taking advice from Ryan Grigson? I feel like I feel like Grigson is get is getting a huge pass in the fact that he failed with the Colts and now he's just sort of the shadow GM here type. Well, I don't want that. I'm with Declan. That's not a good idea. Yeah. And and to go back to and I got a note about this on Twitter uh, mocking me, but I still think it's important to go back to what Vikings.com put out draft night of, you know, your, your head coach is an offensive guy is saying Jordan Addison is our guy. Let's run to the table with the card.
0: Let's just give them the damn. And he was right, by the way,
1: he was right. He was a thousand percent right. And then crazy is still on the phone and Grigson finally steps in. It's like, we got to just make the pick boys or we're going to lose. So I got a lot of questions about how this team is being run from a front office standpoint and who's running it exactly. Mm. And I don't think we know. And I know that I'll get comments, oh, the Zolgad conspiracy theorist or not. But, I mean, that's that's important. Who's running this team? Because I'm going to tell you right now in my who is running this team power rankings, I trust O'Connell more than Kwesi, but I might trust Stella more than Grigson. <laughs> so you know, like, I, like this is a this is a. I think this is a very important discussion about where this team is going from a roster construction. There's nothing more important from a roster construction standpoint.
0: Yeah, but again, if they win against the Chargers and then they win against the Panthers, and Dalton Reisner looks great, you know, the, the tone of the conversation is like this because they're zero and two, and they're zero and two in large part because of six lost fumbles, which is. Right. Like hist- historically bad or unlucky, but also not sustainable. So th- it, let's let's I'm going to give it a few weeks until I start to really, really question the front office. See it's what not, happens.
1: So it's not oh and two that concerns me as much about them, though. It's this It it, it is that when you're zero and two, the easier to gloss over draft from 2022 now becomes sure. a sore a sore thumb. Like there's enough. there's enough I'm seeing where I am like okay, who's doing what here and how and why. You know, Ed Ingram's a second round pick. Why does he need to be replaced? Why isn't there more? Why did I see the GM potentially trying to pedal a draft pick that the head coach desperately wanted?
0: Yep. Like no, those are the
1: things that stick out to me.
0: Those are fair. Those are fair. Uh JT Moraski says uh let's see here. Uh who would you guys say is the worst guard in recent Vikings memory? Is it Dakota oh. Dozier? Is it Ed Ingram? Is it Danny Only, Isadora? Oli
1: Udo, who was forced to play there, was an unmitigated disaster. Dakota Dozier was awful, but he had a background at guard. I feel like I feel like if you want a guy who was a disaster and was just set up to fail. Because he was called like two weeks before training camp and he played tackle and like, hey dude, play guard. Yeah. That that's that's probably my pick because it was just awful. But Dozier's up there. It's a good one.
0: I think I think Oli Udo is in terms of like last ten years or so. Oli Udo's the worst guard that I think I've seen. Ed Ingram is probably the second worst. Dakota Dozier was really <laughs> bad too. But <laughs> dude, Ed Ingram is so bad. Yes. Yes, and
1: in fact, Jackson Warning just uh, put up in the comments. Drew Samia. I forgot about you. Drew Samia.
0: That's that's a good one. A bad one.
1: The two guys that come to mind like almost immediately recent vintage are Oli Udo at guard and TJ Clemmings at left tackle.
2: Oh, Clemmings. Oh man, like for a tackle. Yep. That's just like sixteen. I was trying to figure out because
0: Khalil went down right, and then Clemmings stepped in, and that was the whole deal where Boone went to uh, Zimmer's office and said hey, like, obviously we're struggling at left tackle. I played tackle in in college at Ohio State. I will happily play left tackle if the team needs it. And uh, I think Zimmer told him in no uncertain terms to go bleep himself and worry about his own job. (laughs) He's told that story before. Um, uh, That's Mike Zimmer treating players with a high level of respect. I would have
1: loved to hear that conversation, by the way. Would that not have been a great conversation? Because my guess is Booney did not leave quietly.
0: No, he did not. No, he did not. Uh, Jake Nelson says, "I was officially Judd's one thousandth follower on Instagram today. Wow, Judd. And not I'm very dead. active on Instagram, but
1: no, I do more. On t- I do more for our Twitter or or for my Twitter account, obviously, and then TikTok for Score North.
0: Yeah,
2: but, I, I, uh, I don't
1: have a I don't have a TikTok myself, but I've got the Score North, and so that that's where I churn out." Some of my greatest so content is
2: that why the ScoreNorth algorithm has random things in it because you're because you're watching uh, crime documentaries or anything uh, any I, random yeah. things like that. I scroll through it each night. Is that why the uh, ring? Uh, is that why I'm getting ring docu ring uh, ring oh, I camera love the ring stuff. things? Yes. Yeah. Okay, that makes more sense. All right. So when you're
0: logged it? into ScoreNorth, which Judd is, you're just well, getting like all of the creepy like ring camera.
2: I don't search it
1: out though. It come it it has always just popped up. Well, that's and so-
0: yeah. So
1: like, I'm not right. But it's I mean, hilarious. somebody else triggered that, not me. And but, then I but, just watch
2: it now. But the more time spent, you watch something. Yeah. the Yeah. Well, now I'm triggering it. Yeah. But I'm
1: saying I was I was brought into it. I was brought into to this world of ring camera creepiness. And then I'm like, oh, I'll watch that. And now the algorithm loves it.
0: I got somehow on my own personal TikTok feed. I've been getting served, like, I, I like watching sort of creepy, you know, it was it a ghost? You know, I love, like, horror movies and stuff. Yes. And somehow that section of TikTok, like, the ghost TikTok and the Bigfoot TikTok has transitioned into, like, are these people that you see as celebrities, are they skinwalkers? Are they actually like what? aliens, or I seen that. are they That's like awesome. fake people? That yeah, it's dude. There's some dark spaces.
2: On I, I think they listen to me talk about my lack of any type of home improvement, and now I'm getting home improvement and also uh, in like how structures were made. Like I watched like I'm not exaggerating <laughs> three TikToks that were each like seven minutes long of how the Golden Gate Bridge was made the other day. That oh. was just like fascinating. That'd be interesting.
3: That.
0: So now dude, isn't now I'm getting crazy. Yeah. I watch that. How is it made? So it's the ocean. Yeah, it's they a had to it's like, a bay. Like they're just they're just like when they drilling to, down into the ocean. I saw part,
2: yeah, when when they had to like get the foundation into the ground, they literally just sent a guy with bombs in there, and people were dying because the bombs were detonating before the guy could get back up to surface. Well, was so it was like a surface. suicide mission? Some of them were su. Like oh, so many people died building this bridge. I had no idea.
0: How um, like which, how can you be sure if you're drilling into like the bottom of an of a bay? How can you be sure that it's sturdy? That's yeah. what I want to know.
2: I've I've ridden my bike across a, a bike, not my bike, a bike across the Golden Gate Bridge before. I went to San Fran when I was like twelve or thirteen. I forget when. And th- I'm not a heights guy. And now after watching that TikTok, I'm like, I'm deathly afraid. I mean, the big bridge over here into into the Wisconsin that I go to play Saint Croix National all the time. That bridge is terrifying. It's huge. Like, how did they get that bridge? Is that the one they
0: just time? they just built that yeah. like a couple yeah, that, years that big, ago? Right. That so big they built we went
2: under.
1: So I, I saw. I don't think it was the Golden Gate Bridge. I saw a, another thing about a bridge build a couple of days ago on TikTok. And what they partially do is they go down there and then they build a foundation mm-hmm. that they that that the structure goes into. So it's mm-hmm. not like they're putting it into the sand. They're actually bu- building like a foundation. I don't know exactly how, but they'll build like a huge foundational piece, and that's and that is the basis yes. for how, how it's. Cemented
0: but how does in. it sit on the sand? Uh, so dude, you're it, asking. It takes me. time.
2: Yeah. Like they have to, they have to build it. And then eventually it'll go down, to, down to the ground. It'll go all, it will go down and then they can start building more and more and more on top of it. That's how the golden gate at least. Was, so
0: here's was another built. question when they build bridges, because the one, the, the one that connects the uh, Wisconsin to Stillwater, right? That's yeah. They yep. built that from two different sides that met in the middle. Cause I remember I'm mm-hmm. 90% sure. I think that's how, right. how does that happen? How do you, you know what I'm saying? Yes. All right. I'm going to start on this side, and you're going to start on that side, and it's going to be the exact same. We're going to come in at the exact point that we need to height engineering. Do everything man. engineering. It's incredible. crazy, isn't it? Oh, you're dealing
1: school, with some man. really, really smart people too.
0: Yeah, <laughs> we're sitting here trying us. to figure out who should be the right guard for the Vikings. Yeah. We're like, yeah. I don't know. That's why we do what we should do. Should it be no. Ingram or Know Your Lane?
1: <laughs> this is a this is a great conversation, kids. Know your lane in life. And if it's to give hot sports takes, then don't worry about the bridges. Yeah.
0: It's insane. Uh, one more here, and then we'll get to a random Viking of the week. Tim Hamill has a ray of sunshine for us all here, okay? 0-2, oh got the Charger, the desperate Chargers coming in. We're questioning the front office, right? And Tim Hamill says, hey, we are going to win on Sunday. Sure, we're 0-2, oh and, and the football gods are not on our side thus far. But the Chargers find new and creative ways to lose game and break uh, dozens of their fans' hearts. Yes, I live in L.A., and dozens is accurate when it comes to their fan base. (laughs) And you may or may not know this, but the Vikings are actually on a bit of a winning streak for games that I, Tim Hamill, attend. Three straight wins with me in attendance, including a win over the Chargers in L.A. in 2021. I was at that game. I was at U.S. Bank Stadium week one last year. And then back in 2019, he was there for the ugly win against Washington on Thursday night. And this Sunday, I, Tim, the senior advisor of West Coast Operations for Purple Daily, will be there to single-handedly get this season turned around. Tim Tim. Hamill is going to save us. Big winning streak. I like that. Good. Let's freaking get it here. Enjoy it. Boys, I have a random Viking of the week for you, presented in part by the Minnesota State Lottery and those Viking scratch tickets. And do I have something cool for you? In fact, this is the
1: $5 scratch ticket that Phil was just talking about, and the new lottery vikings scratch game it's the official scratch game of who that's right sound the gallahorn baby the minnesota vikings you could win up to one hundred thousand dollars or second chance prizes including season tickets or an away game trip that is officially exciting the, the minnesota lottery just say i'm in must be 18 or older to play again for five dollars you could win big even when the vikings lose the vikings can help you win
0: boom also, uh, hey, we have a new wing of our Scornarth.com shop. So you've been able to buy apparel for the last, I don't know, 10 to 12 months or so. Purple Daily Swag. We also now have a collectibles wing, perfect for your man cave, for your office. On the YouTube channel, you see uh, a custom Jordan Addison signed jersey. Scornarth.com slash shop and click on collectibles. The best-selling item so far over the last two months has been the uh, the framed and signed Justin Jefferson, one-handed catch against Buffalo from last year. I mean, how cool would that be in your man cave? You can find all kinds of amazing Vikings and football-related collectibles, signed, autographed items, framed items, over at scornorthcom slash shop and click on collectibles. All right, gentlemen, here we go. It's my turn. I lost to Judd last week. Judd correctly guessed Dwayne Clemens. Before that, the random Vikings were Mo Williams, Hank Basket, very controversially. Oh, Bubby Brister, Leto Shepard, and Asher Allen. So losers out. I was the loser last week, so I will give the clues to Judd and Declan. I have a series of clues. They get up to three incorrect guesses each. You shout out the answer when you think you know it. We're kind of back to that. We, we tried doing a buzzer thing. It
2: just... Judd, do you have the comments oh, hidden?
1: Oh, thank you. No, I don't. Wow, look at Judd. He
0: was ready to, I was cheat. to cheat. I was trying to cheat.
2: Okay. Ready no, to I cheat. Do. So okay.
0: all-time, uh, it, it used to be just Judd versus Declan, and then I kind of came in, uh, I don't know, like a year into this. So all-time, Judd has 58 wins, Declan 29, I have 13. In the new era where we're all competing against each other, Judd has six wins to my five to Declan's three. If you guys are ready, I will start with the first clue. Let's do it. Okay, you can play along at home or in the comments section. No Googling. Comments this, awesome. this random Viking was a six-time Pro Bowler. By the way, we do allow you, if you have the list of random Vikings, you yeah, can control what? F to see if we've done them before.
1: Right. You know what? I'm, I'm going to do exactly that right now. I'm going to get that. Oh, you have a
0: guess? Up. Oh, No,
1: no, no. I'm, I'm going to get the file called up. I've got the file right by me this time. I ordinarily don't. Okay. Uh, so random Viking.
0: This random Viking... Once finished third in the Associated Press MVP voting. Was almost an MVP in his best season. Judd has a guess, it looks like. I don't think
1: we've done him. Randall Cunningham.
0: Randall Cunningham is Mm -hmm. incorrect. Okay. Have we done Rayla Cunningham? Huh. Mental note for later. Huh. All right. This random Viking was a college football national champion. This. Random Viking was elected to the College Football Hall of Fame in 2006. Declan's light just went on there, or some well, light. With I don't College know Hall was. of
2: Fame, like yeah. they could do the induction. I feel like whenever, like when they, they could be active in the NFL, is it post-playing career? Like mm-hmm. that's what I'm. That was the light bulb that I was trying to go mm-hmm. off of. Was he still active when that happened?
0: They can do it whenever they want. Yep. (laughs) I'll narrow it down a little bit for you. This random Viking played college football in the Big Ten. This random Viking was a first-round draft pick. Despite all the accolades here, pro bowler almost won an MVP, college national champion keeps a pretty low profile on social media. Only uh just under 3000 Instagram followers, not 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 a whole lot of activity.
1: No, no, he didn't win a national championship in college. Mm.
2: Wow, that oh, Couple, couple in the chamber, but
0: this random Viking was listed at six foot six okay. during his. Well, I would say during his playing career, out probably is still six six. I don't know.
1: Third in the AP MVP voting, though. Yep. We done him. <sighs> so no, this guy wouldn't have been third in the in the ever in the MVP
0: voting. I just thought of. Um, this random Viking played college football at the University of Minnesota. <laughs>
2: Hold on. First round pick.
1: Oh, God. I don't. Hold on. So at the University of Minnesota.
0: <laughs> yes.
1: <laughs> Third in the MVP voting. This guy played uh, for the Vikings. No. So, I'm thinking out loud here. So no, go play ahead. Play. Do your thing. It's <laughs> not
0: You guys are <laughs> both just pained right now. He played for the Vikings? Yes. I hope so. He played well, for the Vikings. He played for the Vikings. Imagine if
1: Mackey came back from his he day, was his... It- with, with, with he a was non- a player
0: Randall- for the Vikings, yes, because it could have been, could be a coach. It's a, it's a valid question. It's a valid question. He was a Vikings player, yes. Mm-hmm. He played for two teams in his NFL career, the Vikings and the Seahawks. Hold on a second. <laughs> has De- Declan, you haven't guessed yet, have you? It's no. just Judd has one incorrect. John so Randall? John did- mm-hmm. Randall was was undrafted. Was
2: Texas. Undrafted. Oh, that's right. That's right. Absolutely. A&I.
1: So ho- wait, wait, wait. Ho- hold on a second here.
0: Yes. You can ask me questions.
1: So this guy was a college football national champion.
0: Yep. I will say he didn't really play on the national champion team, though. But he did go on to have an insane college career that landed him in the College Football Hall of Fame. He was a freshman and didn't really play on the actual team that won the championship.
2: So he transferred to Minnesota. No. Hold on a second.
1: Now, now I'm going to have to go back. Oh, um, Carl Eller.
0: <laughs> that is correct. The Vikings all-time sack leader, all right. Carl And your Eller. guy. And your guy who My you God, insulted.
1: Your dad got a meeting with Carl Eller and you...
0: I found calls. I found the tape of my interview with Carl Eller, which we will play at some point. Oh my I God, you though. did! I have the tape. Yeah. Oh, dude. Second second grade Phil Mackey interviewing that's awesome. Carl Eller. Yeah. Oh, dude, well, that's great. Re- remind me to play. I should. I mean, hell, I I should play it. Should play it on this show. We just had Carl. L- I don't. I don't have it ready though. Okay. Well, how long is it? If I load it in, like a, hold on a second. Okay. Give me a second here, Dex. Let me see. Let me see. Tell the audience again about Park Tavern and where we're going to be next Sunday while I see if I can find this video.
1: Oh, that's exactly right. Uh, Sunday, October 1st, doors open at 8. Park uh, Park Tavern right there, as you can see, a watch party for the Minnesota-Carolina game, followed by a live Vent Line Park Tavern located right around the corner from me, actually, here in St. Louis Park. Louisiana Avenue South, plenty of parking doors will open at 8. Breakfast served from 8 to 11. And then um, uh, the brunch crowd or... The lunch crowd can get food from 11 o'clock on, as you can see. Here's the best part, too, is that we're not only going to be in um, in the back room there uh, as far as the party goes, but also there is attached to that an outdoor patio with a ton of TVs. So there should be plenty of room for folks. Hopefully it's a gorgeous day. So join us again. Purple Daily Watch Party, Park Tavern, Stella. doors open at eight. We're gonna probably get there, Phil, uh, Dex, and I around eleven o'clock, but arrive early because there will be hopefully plenty of purple fans there for um, our first, hopefully our first of a few gentlemen purple daily watch party slash vent lines this season. It's gonna be a great time.
0: Yes, we're uh, we're looking forward to it. Any, we love just meeting listeners and viewers of the show. So um, don't be shy, coming up to us, say hi, hang out. Cheers, a surly before I die her. Okay, I just loaded it in here, Dex. It's it's four minutes and fifty seconds of second grade Phil Mackey interviewing <laughs> Carl Eller for a class project. The setup is my dad and Carl in the early '90s they worked together on a couple projects. Uh, they they they're both they were both recovering alcoholics who then spent chunks of their lives helping other alcohol uh, alcoholics become alcohol free, and so. My dad met Carl, kind of became friends with him, and we got lunch one day at Hubert's, the old sports bar by the oh, yeah. Metrodome, mm-hmm. and my dad introduces me to Carl and says, Philip, this is Carl Eller. He went to four Super Bowls with the Minnesota Vikings, and me trying to show off my sports knowledge, I said, yeah, and he lost all four, right? Whoa. And luckily, Carl didn't just crush me into dust. He laughed, and we had a fun lunch, and then, uh, and then he said, yeah, I'll, I'll sit down with, eight-year-old Phil Mackey for an interview so I don't know if you guys want it's like it's like four minutes people Oops. can duck
2: out if they want to but it's up to you guys so run this into the duration and then we'll wrap I'll just, I'll just play the flash radio on-air production meeting is that what you want to do here you want you to come tell, back from uh, it it's
0: up it's up to you guys what do you mean come back oh like come back from it after no let's play it and then we'll we'll say goodbye now and we'll play this interview yep. okay all right and then let's hear it okay
3: hi i'm philip mackey this is carl roller he played defensive end with the minnesota vikings for 15 years from 1964 to 1978. carl was six feet six inches tall and weighs 265 pounds carl played in six pro bowls he never played in the metrodome because it wasn't built yet he played in the metropolitan stadium carl was a five-time all pro defensive end and he was the number one draft pick for the Vikings. He was one of the purple peep leaders. Carl played in four Super Bowls. How did you get the nickname Moose?
4: Well, I got the nickname Moose in high school is what my friends uh, started to call me after they saw me run around the, the football field for a while. They said I looked like a big old moose running around out there. And the name just kind of stuck.
3: Did you play any sports besides football?
4: I played track in high school, but other than football and, uh, and track, that was it.
3: How long did you live in Winston-Salem, North Carolina?
4: I spent all of my young uh, life there. I uh, lived there up until I went through high school, so then after high school I came to Minnesota.
3: Do you still have family there?
4: Yes, I do. I have uh, relatives. I have aunts and uncles and uh, people like that. Uh, My mother lives in Minnesota, so my family is kind of spread all over the country.
3: Did you have any problems when you were young?
4: Well, I probably had uh, problems like uh, most uh, young kids growing up. Uh, I wasn't that much of a troublemaker. I tried to stay out of trouble, but yes, I had my share of problems.
3: How are you feeling when you made that pep talk at halftime during the playoff game on December twenty second, 1973?
4: Well, when I made that uh, pep talk uh, during the halftime that's the Washington Redskins game, I think that's the time when I blo- broke the blackboard. And uh, I was just a little upset because I thought we were not playing as well as we could. And uh, it was a very important game for us, and I thought we had a better team. And uh, I just thought the guys should play harder because uh, I thought uh, uh, we could uh, beat the team we were playing against.
3: What is the most interceptions you got in the game?
4: Uh, I think I've never got more than one interception in a game, and I don't have very many interceptions in my entire career. I probably have about three, maybe.
3: Did you play for any other football teams in the NFL?
4: I played one year with the Seattle Seahawks. That was my last year in professional football.
3: How long have you been practicing football in your whole football career and when you were a kid?
4: How long? Going back to the days of when I started football, I started uh, just before I got into, or right when I got into high school. I didn't play football when I was very, very young, other than uh, at the playground and uh, just with friends in my neighborhood. But I started to play uh, football uh, in high school, and then I kept on playing all through 16 years at at the professional level.
3: How long have you, oh, I read that. Have you ever got any touchdowns? If yes, how many in the game?
4: I've gotten a, a couple touchdowns. I had one, only one in a game, and uh, my first touchdown came as a professional.
3: When you were eight years old and in second grade, did you think you were going to be a football player?
4: No, I didn't. Uh, when I was eight years old, uh, Philip, I was uh, uh, just uh, really had all I could do to keep up with school. And uh, I did like my second-grade teacher, though she was nice, and uh, and so I did enjoy school when I was in the second grade. But much beyond that, no, I didn't have my, any ideas about playing professional football.
3: Do you have any messages for kids my age?
4: Well, I think you are a good example if uh, if the kids in your classroom are as uh, creative as you are, and actually this takes a lot of courage i'm I'm really uh, impressed with the questions and uh, I think it's a it's a good job It's an indication of what I think uh, young kids are doing and and uh, it's really a, a pleasure to to be interviewed by you.
3: Thank you for your time and granting me this interview.
4: You're welcome.